now we're recording. Now we're recording. Oh, <laughs> we're Officially. <live>. Okay. Huh. <laughs> Five plus and LC four channels. Shocker. All right. Welcome to And If Love Remains. Glad y'all can be here today. My name is Mike Levitt, your host, and I'm here with a bunch of friends and family. This is good times. So I have with us today Jim Transu. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. <laughs> Jim is my friend, despite what he says. <laughs> it goes both ways. There, right. <laughs> and we're, I'm not sure where this is going to go. There's a lot of things we can talk about, but I also have his son, Jimmy. Say hi, Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. <laughs> One's in the family. <laughs> yeah, I see. I hear the resemblance. <laughs> and, and then I also have Stephen, my son. Say hi, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. I just want to be one of the group, you know, <laughs> just trying to fit in. Just trying to fit in. <laughs> and then we have an impromptu member back behind me, Rachel. Say hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> We're all fitting in. (laughs) We're all a bunch of sheeple like Maricopa (laughs) County, I guess. (laughs) So thank you, Jim, for setting the precedent of... (laughs) Always happy to send it off the rails. Right Right on. Well, uh, we're going to just kind of, you know, what do you guys want to talk about? You know, we're all here together, chilling, having a good time. Um, Rachel sounds nervous back there. I am. So nervous. <laughs> She's getting stage fright on the spot. No, I'm not. Speak. I've been on stage before multiple times. I, I don't, don't get think stage you fright. The irony in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> she has an irony deficiency. Uh, Rachel, do you get black spots in your eyes when you stand up too fast? No. <laughs> That's a bad sign. <laughs> Maybe I just never have stand stood up too fast. I tried to make it story about the black spot. Boy, is that complicated lore. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, let's talk about stories. You're doing you you're doing a you're doing some audio. Yes, talk I about am. that. Talk about your audio. Uh, well, I'll first let you help me with the Is that better? <laughs> That's better. I'm just looking at the waveform. Sometimes it looks like it's about to start clipping, so I wasn't Oh. <laughs> Oh, I, I can fix that with a little tape saturation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I've done so far three chapters of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I'm trying to do a bunch of different voices for the different characters. Mm. But since I'm writer, well, not writer, director, <laughs> producer, <laughs> so I'm director, producer, editor. You wrote that. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? <laughs> Tell us more it's, about it's, that process. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, public domain now, so yes. <laughs> yes, he did. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> 2020. 2020 copyright copyright 2020 Jimmy Transu. So the the uh, the vial of supposed Corona vaccine accidentally turns Doctor Jacob oh, into a, into a murdering uh, ape like beast. As we all expected. As we all expected. Yes. At, and thus we see the pros and cons of conforming to government. Absolutely. <laughs> well, he was a pro doctor, and then he conned into Mr. Hyde. The only pros of government is the legal language. That's all you get. Is there legal? Lang- is, isn't all language technically legal? I mean, you'd think that, but un- until you start getting politically correct. So we managed to get off the rails again. <laughs> I- 
Well, really, we're all just telling. So Welcome Mike to another session of Mike. Geek. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the trouble. Right. The trouble with being the yeah. The trouble with being actor, director, and producer is trying to keep track of all of the different voices that you're doing. So I tried to do Hyde as kind of like a back the throat, upper nasally. Yeah, can you give us a, a, a little taste of Hyde, Mister Hyde? I, trying to get that guttural, but nasally, back of the throat, really tight and. Then the narrator is this really deep and late AM radio announcer. Ah. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll is Mr. Closer BBC. to my normal voice where he's kind of upper register, but I try to be a little bit more breathy with Dr. Jekyll. Mr. Utterson is very proper, very strict on his inflection, as it were, or cadence especially. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Very <Orientorian>. stentorian. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, you're swapping between characters and... All of a sudden, Hyde sounds like an Aussie from... <laughs> <laughs> Credit to Robert Louis Stevenson for always making sure that he was writing out who was speaking. Because if you're reading too many characters, you get lost as who's saying what. But when you're mm. narrating that, it gets very repetitive to constantly be saying, Mr. Utterson said... He interjected, he interrupted, he sighed constantly mm -hmm. after every other sentence. So that gets mm -hmm. annoying and complicated to remember which character you just came from. And when you do it too fast, you start going over your words like, Tut tut, Mr. Utterson, replied the lawyer. <laughs> you replied the lawyer. It wasn't deep enough. I, I was a little bit too back in the throat. I was a little too close to the next character that's going to be speaking. We're gonna swap out your mic cable, so talk amongst yourselves. And... All right. <laughs> oh, I can steal this guy's. <laughs> steal mine. You, you were on a roll there. Yeah, keep going. Okay, Here we go. Testing. So, uh, what I do is record it into Audacity because it's free, and then edit it in Audacity because that's what I have. <laughs> I don't even know what compression does, but it sounds nice, so I try to do that. <laughs> Then I export it into Blender, because Blender is free, and awesome, and is going to take over the world someday, I guarantee it. <laughs> and you have it. Yes, I do. <laughs> I've been using Blender since 2.59. It didn't even have a video editing uh, workspace in that at that time. But now it's at 2.87. They're almost going to launch 2.89, I think, when they're coming out with this. It went from being this thing that people get started in. Now Blender does the visual effects for Man in the High Castle. They are, yeah, they are photorealistic, they are quick, and because it was free, it's what everybody learned on, so now that's what people are going to keep using. And when they added the video editing workspace, it was my go-to video editor. People have been telling me to use DaVinci Resolve because it's free and, quote, industry standard, unquote. But I don't know it as well as I know Blender. So I import the audio into Blender. I do a couple of modifiers on a basic grid mesh to get, get it to be an audio visualizer. So it goes up and down. There's no correlation to, like, bass on the left or treble on the right. It's just a cloud texture that's going up and down. And then I run it through a compositor where it takes the rendered black and white image of the grid, 
blurts it out. It's getting way too technical, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I add a colored glow. There you go. <laughs> you I go. make it different colors. <laughs> yeah. Everybody gets their own color, and that's how we do it. Is this one working now? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Is it working now? Is it working now? Yeah, it's working. Okay. Is it working now? Okay, I'll let you take it. I get my mic back. Woo! <laughs> so, everyone gets their own color. Um, I did not have the foresight to plan out which colors everyone would be getting. Just So the narrator is green, but that means I can't use green for any of the characters. But you only have so many colors. you got red, orange, yellow, green, blue. Is that how, many, how many colors do you really have, Steven? You have as many as you want. <laughs> and if it's not the color you want, you just punch it and it's a different color. Well, how, how many colors do you have, though? <laughs> how many colors do I have? I have black and white... And lots of shades of green. <laughs> and lots of shades of blue. Which also overlap with the shades of red. That somewhat really don't exist. So Steven is our, is our colorblind expert I'm here. a resident. <laughs> I'm not colorblind, I'm color lame. <laughs> don't worry, I'm also lame in lots of other ways. <laughs> And don't think I tried to figure out how to make it so that a colorblind person could understand. I haven't figured out how. Try Braille. <laughs> <laughs> Color Braille. Yes, I will invent the first Braille audiobook. <laughs> It'll be a masterpiece. <laughs> uh, so start over here. So is, you, is that going to be on YouTube? What's your plan? Are you going to publish it? What's your deal? I have three chapters on YouTube right now oh. of varying quality... <laughs> Where, where can people find it? Um, can they find it? Can they find it? Is it, is it public yet? How It'll many filters do I need to put on my YouTube search <laughs> to be able to find it? That's a good question. You're going to have to look for James Transu, T-R-A-N-S-U-E. Going to have to find that under YouTube channel. Currently, I believe my avatar is Eric Draven from The Crow. <laughs> okay. I have about 30 subscribers, so... To separate I, you from all the other James Transus yes, out there. I think I have the most <laughs> subscribers of all channels named James Transu. I imagine you do. That's <laughs> shock. So I think there's nine of you in the whole <laughs> country. <laughs> and not all of them are on YouTube. And we're not subscribed to each other either. So, <laughs> Are you subscribed to any other James Transus? Absolutely not. <laughs> wow. Okay, so everybody check out James Transu and check out his ongoing audio story of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, copyright 2020, James Hansen. <laughs> Which apparently is pronounced Jekyll, actually, because... Yeah, the Harlan original Nelson. pronunciation was Dr. Jekyll, but if you say Dr. Jekyll, you just sound like a pompous, pretentious dork, so... And it's, I don't want to sound like that. Right. <laughs> See, right. That, comes, that, that actually comes back to us. I was having a conversation with somebody about art in general, and how like once the artist has like made his art public in a way it doesn't belong to him anymore. Mm -hmm. How it's now, you know, how how do how people conceive of it, how people not that they don't own it, you know, I still believe in copyright. But <laughs> but things like that. For Jake seventy five years anyway, right? <laughs> right? Disney. <laughs> I know Disney's gonna take over the podcast here in a minute. So <laughs> but but things stupid Insert vinyl pop. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, anyway, but things like that, like 
Like, how can you ever go back to Jekyll? <laughs> you know? Right. You can't. You'd have to have a very commercially successful movie mm-hmm. where they all pronounce it. Where everybody it specific- pronounces it Jekyll. Yes. And well, then you, well, then you have that, that becomes the Avatar remake, and nobody wants that. No. Oh, yeah. That was awful. <laughs> is, is this. <laughs> <laughs> like, you went from everyone knowing Frankenstein was the doctor, and then it became everyone knows that Frankenstein is the monster, but then everyone really knows that Frankenstein is the doctor, and the doctor is the monster. But you have to go through all these cycles of cultural awareness of who Frankenstein is, because people still call. The monster, Frankenstein. Sure. Right. Mm. Does he have a name? In some versions. Yeah, I think... I think. Uh, I don't remember him giving himself a name in the book, but in some... In most versions where he gets a name, I think he usually goes by Adam. Yeah, actually. in most versions where he gets a name, he goes by Adam. I don't remember Adam being in the book, but if it was, it would have come from the doctor mm-hmm. himself. Right. And mm-hmm. then... Uh, in in Dean Kuntz picked up on Frankenstein and put put him in the 20th century in Louisiana, and the monster named himself Deucalion, the son of Prometheus. Ah, so that's kind of interesting. Plus, somewhere along the way, he spent like the last hundred years in Tibet learning how to teleport. So <laughs> Frankenstein's monster um, is like this super awesome, powerful teleporting dude who's out to uh, stop the evil Frankenstein from taking over the world. So. Man, and, and that's why Kuntz is a stud. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of, one of uh, 847 reasons. Right. <laughs> that's pretty great. That's awesome. So, um, speaking of, you know, Frankenstein and, and Halloween and all that stuff, one of the, one of the reasons I did want to talk to, to Jim a little bit is he is our, you know, Halloween aficionado. He he does. That's haunt. a title if I've ever heard. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> he he's put on the he he has the last what three years put on the top Halloween uh, swap meet in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just as accurate as saying that my son has the most popular channel <laughs> named James Transom. Well, I was gonna I was gonna go with Phoenix, <laughs> and I thought well. Yeah, but Arizona. Yeah, but it's probably probably the, it's probably the biggest Halloween swap meet in the world. Okay, yeah, it probably is. So, uh, how did this whole thing get started? Like, like that's such a cool story. I think. Okay, well, the the true start was it was just it was just a haunted swap meet. Um, we have a bunch of people in in our in our local group who call themselves haunters, and they have. Halloween is Halloween is their favorite holiday, or it's their biggest holiday um, for most of them. For some of them, Christmas and Halloween are you know are, are co-equal. Um, like if families, like if if a the wife is a Christmas person and the husband is a, is that like a Democrat Republican? Like they just you don't um, know how they well, get along. <laughs> it it kind of depends on on their other relationships. Right. I think, <laughs> I think one because person takes charge of Halloween, the other person takes charge of Christmas. That that certainly happens. Yeah. That certainly happens. Fight they would get into would be storage space. <laughs> <laughs> storage space is a problem for both. Yeah, it's Hence a huge problem. Meat. Which is right. So so the first year. Um, Actually, five years ago now, I guess uh, it was just it was just a swap meet. It was just like, hey, if you belong to our group and um, you're 
before you put your Halloween stuff away, why don't you bring it out and we'll do a little swap meet. And if you want to sell your stuff or trade your stuff with other people, stuff that maybe you're not going to use next year. Um, and, you know, there was about six people who showed up to actually trade their stuff because the point of it at that time was to was to um, swap out your props and things before before you put them away, but therefore after Halloween. Right. right? So you used them this year. I don't want to put them back in, in storage, and I'm not going to use them for the next three years or whatever. So about six people showed up. Um, to actually do that, about 50 people actually came and looked at stuff. Um, so you know, as things go, um, it wasn't it wasn't a disaster. But the next year, um, there was an event called um, Keen Halloween. Okay. Actually, the same year as our first swap meet, there was an event called Keen Halloween in Phoenix, and that was started. Um, by a man who goes usually by the name of Steam Crow. Um, Which is like an epic name for... Yeah, Steam Crow. <laughs> He's got this steam-powered, steampunked scarecrow. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a good yeah. mascot. Um, I think actually his name is Marrow Thatch. Okay. Is, is the name of the mascot for Steam Crow. Anyway, it was a pretty great event. Um, and then the next year, we weren't really planning on doing a swap meet at all. Um we were going to participate in Keen Halloween, and and we invested a lot of uh, of time and and a certain amount of money into building things to display for Keen Halloween in Phoenix. Right. Um, and then Square Egg, which was the the company that that controlled the Keen Halloween name at the time, um, about a month before it was supposed to happen, pulled the plug. Yeah, so they uh, they sent out an email. You know, we've stretched ourselves too thin. This I'm definitely paraphrasing. Um, we can't we can't do the level of of show that you know our fans have come to expect, and so we're just not going to do a show at all. That's one way to do it. Yeah. So about thirty days before this big event was supposed to happen, um, there was no event. So I decided at that time, with with a couple of my haunter friends, that. We'd already got the, the weekend scheduled off anyway. We already had people planning on spending time at Keen Halloween. Right. Um, I personally knew several um, artists and artisans who were um, planning on selling at Keen Halloween. And so one of, one of our um, big supporters, Faye, uh, she's like the vice president of Arizona Hunters. Um, <laughs> she's great i've met her she's yeah yeah, yeah. she's awesome so she she volunteered her yard and so we we basically i just put out the word hey you know what if you're if you're bummed about keen halloween not happening here's this tiny little thing um if you got something to sell come and sell um and about 600 people ish showed up wow so that's a pretty big deal yeah right it was a pretty big deal um we filled up her yard um, there were there were a lot of issues with doing it in a in a yard. Right. Um, not the least of which was there were literally cars parked for as far as you could see <laughs> down her street on both sides. She's going neighbor to neighbor, knocking on doors. Hey, we're working on it. <laughs> okay. So so we're like, hey, you know what? Maybe this is maybe this is cool. No, there's no Halloween thing really happening. Right. So. 
we uh, we got a group together. I say we got a group. I mean, there, there's always been a core group of people who kind of pushes for everything to happen, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I've been fortunate to be one of that group. Faye is one of them. Um, there's there's Jeff and Crawford and and Rick. Um, and it's great because these guys they just they love Halloween stuff. Like they just they're passionate about haunts. They're passionate about you yeah, know, just the whole everything that's surrounding Halloween. Absolutely, you know about the fun of Halloween. Yeah. I mean, some people are, are into like horror movies and stuff. Also, um, some people want nothing to do with Christmas. But but really, by and large, they're just they're just like everybody else. They still celebrate all of the other holidays. It's just they feel like Halloween is the one that really calls to them. Right. And and as much as as every child did, you know, I loved Christmas. The fact is Halloween gives you the most, in my opinion, still, uh, the most opportunity to be creative. Yeah, for sure. Frankly, you Mm -hmm. get too creative with Christmas and you're strolling into a heresy territory. (laughs) 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 You know, um, or the son of God wasn't exactly (laughs) right. Yeah. You can get, you can get too creative with, but, but Halloween, eh, you say what you want about its origins and there, there are many roots, but it's, well, and you can, the great thing about Halloween is, is it's, you, you can be kind of macabre. You can be, you know, uh, scary. You could be a ghost. You can, but you could also be, you know, the, the, the great pumpkin, the great pumpkin, (laughs) (laughs) but you could also be the, the, um, a superhero. You could be the, the, the right. guy on the TV show that you like. I mean, I mean, it's really limitless. It's it basically you could be anybody but yourself. Essentially, that. Yeah, Wes right. Craven, Joss Whedon, and uh, Mel Brooks. Really, <laughs> whole spectrum of what you can do. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You can do anything you want for Halloween, um, regardless of of where it started, um, or or what the original uh, intents may have been. Um, Today, it's basically just a chance for kids to dress up and get candy. Right. Or, if you never grow up, it's a chance to make your house spooky and, and try to scare people who are coming to your house to get candy. Which you do from time to time. <laughs> Which I do from time to time. Uh, so anyway, awesome. so this this kind of core group of people, I was like, you know, we can really do something with this. But it's going to take a lot of money. Yeah. Um, as things do, so instead of being a free event to the uh, to the vendors, um, we just tried to keep it as as cheap as possible. And I think what we did that that next year was give us fifty bucks, and then if you actually show up, because that was one of the problems the first year, people were free, so they didn't show, even though they told people they would. Right. Um, so if you actually show up on time and leave on time and don't leave a mess, we'll give you half back. Okay. And we rented a a parking lot and we were like, this is going to be it. Right. Right? It's not going to get any bigger. (laughs) It was an enormous parking lot. It was ridiculous. We had had, had like 12 hearses lined up side by side on display, the gorgeous Mm -hmm. hearses. Um, we We had like three food trucks. We had, I don't know, 50 vendors. Oh, yeah. Right. And we had, it was about 50. Um, and it's just. And that, was that the first year you had like artisans come out? It wasn't the first year. It was the first year that we did it on Keen uh, in place of Keen Halloween. We yeah. did have artisans okay. come out. Um, so and it wasn't it was, just stuff out of your. It wasn't. It was partly that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But again, because I knew certain artisans, 
um, locally who were planning on making money at Keene and who were therefore just out of that money. Um, I invited them. Right. And kind of put the word out. And a few other people who I didn't honestly even know took a chance and showed up. And uh, uh, universally, they told me that they all made more money at that one little yard sale <laughs> for one day for four hours than they made in two days at Keen Halloween the year before. Right. Which hmm. is, is awesome. Um, and it was in part because they didn't have to pay anything to get in and that automatically therefore everything is profit right right um mm-hmm. but also the event itself was was free and, and uh um people like to come to free things yeah and 600 people isn't isn't huge like if i was doing an event at at phoenix um uh, convention center and 600 people showed up i would probably jump out of a window right uh because i'd be three but it is about expectations <laughs> <and> i mean <laughs> right right i wasn't expecting anything and then, and then this whole thing so anyway we moved to the parking lot which literally was across the street from where we had done the keen the, the year before and it had this huge parking lot that was fenced in and then it had this other like super long like half mile long i don't maybe not half mile maybe quarter mile long um mm-hmm parking lot outside of it right and i was like this is gonna be awesome man there's plenty of room we'll for be everybody you'll be there year to year you'll yeah. never have to outgrow it right impossible <laughs> to outgrow this thing so by about 9 a.m we were we were we had outgrown it um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we did get everybody set up and started because it's outside so it had to be fast it, it, we did nine to one Nine to one were the hours, so people started setting up at six. Right. Um, and by nine o'clock, when it actually opened, there was no parking. That's Every single parking space was full. Um, the inside the lot where the vendors were were to park that was packed. Like if you weren't leaving early, right? Because somebody was parked behind you and in front of you and on both sides of you. Uh, <laughs> um, it was, and, and and your vendors still showing up. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, we did. So, oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I can go on and on. About the, I could spend the rest of your life talking about the problems. Um, but that's the thing. Every year, great. every year we get new, new and better problems. Yeah. So I like that new and better problems. Right. Remember that, Stephen. <laughs> well, everybody has problems, right? Mm-hmm. Warren Buffett has money problems, and the Absolutely. bum living behind Circle K has money problems. I prefer Warren Buffett's. Right. <laughs> Given the choices, right? Uh, I, I prefer the better problems because you're always going to have them. So mm. it was pretty clear that, all right, right? Good good year two. Bit of a problem. <laughs> bit of a problem. Um, uh, plus it was, it was people say that this isn't true, but, man, I was there. It was 115 degrees mm-hmm. easy. It was hot. And on that pavement... There was a guy who had one of those, um, I don't know, those those thermometers, like laser thermometers. Yeah. And like on the pavement, it was like 123 degrees. It was impossibly hot. Uh, only one person was suffering from heat stroke, and that was at the end of the day, and he was a vendor, and he that was, was elderly. Um, I was super glad that only one person got heat stroke, and we did have an EMT who's and part of the group who took care of him, so that was solid. It was packed. I mean, people were just coming all day long. All day. It was a constant stream of people. Uh, so we counted about 2,100 people at that event. So um, almost four times. Yeah. The uh, the number from the previous year, 
And the feedback you got back from the vendors again was positive. Was I got nothing but positive feedback on the vendors except for um, the setup, which was frankly mostly the other vendors' fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because they wouldn't, you know, follow the, they wouldn't, the they wouldn't show up on time, uh, the time that they were allotted, and they wouldn't go in the order that they were that they were supposed to go in, and they were literally driving over each other's places. We had it plan, was so it so. All right. So we uh, we scouted and scouted and scouted and ended up last year at Metro Center Mall. Hold on, I want to add one other thing. The other cool thing I remember from that, and I think you've kept, is that even though you charge for booths, you always kept the, first of all, you charge like minimal, minimal. Yeah, very little, as very little. little as we can get away with. Right, but, mm-hmm. but you also kept the swap meet where you did have a section for free people that you could, that they could just bring their stuff and yeah, is that we, true? We continued to have that uh, that second year. Okay. Um, we were not able to continue that into last year. Right. Okay. So, so last year, inside the mall, we had AC, we had power uh, for everybody, um, which obviously was not available at right. the, at the um, parking lot. Um, we had 15,000 square feet. We had so much parking outside that there's no way parking was ever going to be a problem. Right. And spoiler alert, it wasn't. It wasn't a problem. <laughs> right on. Um, and we spent three days. Well, we spent two solid days and then, and then the, the early morning between 6 a.m. And, and 10 a.m. setting that up. Yeah. Started Thursday. Went in there, 15,000 square feet. We set it all up. I think we ended up with around seven. Uh, I think we had about 60 actual actual um, prof- professional vendors. Mm-hmm. And then um, another two dozen or something. I could, I could look at the exact numbers. Yeah. But we, we filled up the space. And, and we had another 100 people easy on our waiting list. right? And, and we did end up charging... We did end up charging people um, who had just like yard sale tables ten dollars. Okay. Uh, and the reason we had to do that is because the mall did cost considerably more than a than a parking lot. Still, I mean. Um. So. Um, and and you you did you keep it free for uh, entry? Still free to attend. Which is. It's always been free to attend. Remarkable. Yeah. So. Um, we set all of that up, and and we're like, you know, we'll we'll, we'll we got about two thousand people last year, and maybe we'll get three thousand, and maybe we'll really do great and do four thousand people, and it'll be, you know, it'll be a, a heck of an event, right? Um, so the doors open at at ten, and there's already a line going through our entire queue, which we had set up because at that time people were still a little jumpy about uh, about weapons. Okay. Um, but also we needed to control the flow. Right. Because it's 15,000 square feet, but I can't just have uh, 2,000 people show up and crowd in all at once. Right. right? So we were, we were controlling the flow to the best of really anybody's ability. Uh-huh. Um, but there was a line all the way through our queue and all the way out the door, which wow. went right past the army recruiters, and and you know they were loving it. <laughs> I'm like, if you guys can't meet your quota for the year, right. there's there's got to be like 218 year olds in this line right now. Go get them. Go, get you know? Yeah. Um, Off to it, brother. <laughs> so so we had the hearses still outside, 
um, Chaos Funeral Cars. They're a great club. They've got these really awesome customized hearses. Yeah, and if you've never seen a customized hearse, you don't know what a hearse is capable of. <laughs> it's pretty right. Like, it is amazing. Uh, they're not just for dead people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if I were dead, I'd want one of theirs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yes. One guy actually has a has a Ouija board in the uh, built into the back of it, and it, <laughs> and it always moves around. <laughs> it's it's a pretty cool setup. It's it's pretty good. Um, so anyway, we had them. Um, Arizona Ghostbusters showed up with the Acto One. Uh, we pulled that. I mean, the mall was super great. Oh. They were super great. They let us like push all of the stuff from it that was in front of the doors, all like the planters and stuff, just push it out of the way. Oh, that's great. And just drive the Ecto-1 right up in front of the door. Fine. So that was nice. Um, and for a good two hours, maybe three, there was a line that stretched all the way from uh, the end of the Sears building and sometimes even around the Sears building all the way down along the outside on the Sears building and then into the mall and then eventually into our suite which was up at the north the north end of the mall so basically there was the Sears and then there was like right outside the door of inside the mall you know the Sears yeah. entrance inside we were we were basically right inside there uh, unfortunately we couldn't get the Sears building uh, and we still are not able to get the Sears building because they won't talk to us um, but anyway, so from the start, it was just, it was very clear that, that we had way more than 2,000 people were going to show up. Uh, and, and we had counters there. Um, and we ended up officially counting 6,100 people. Wow. I do know that there was an incident about an hour in where somebody hit the reset button on the <laughs> counter rather than the, uh, the, the clicker the button. The clicker button. <laughs> Um, so it could have been somewhere north of. of Am I 60- looking at you, Jimmy? <laughs> no, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> at all. I was no. doing the raffle. I was. Oh, yeah, okay. he, he was emceeing the raffle because that's one of the things that we did. Yeah. Was um, people who buy enough stuff at any given vendor get tickets, like and then we give away prizes. Yeah, for every ten bucks that you. Man, spend. that's a win-win-win. There. That's, that was the hope, right? Yeah. It was the hope because the whole thing was really like, let's celebrate Halloween, let's have cool Halloween stuff. Um. Yeah, so we were packed in like sardines. Just, it was just overwhelming. Um, And don't think I didn't hear about it. (laughs) Uh, You would have thought that I was drowning kittens in the parking lot with all of the complaints that I got about people who had to stand in line for 20 minutes to get into this free event. Again, Bill Clinton or uh, Bill Gates problems. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. cuz they are big. I mean, that's those aren't insignificant issues to deal with. No. No, it was it was a lot. There was nothing we could do about it. Um and really from 10 o'clock till probably 1 p.m., uh, it was shoulder to shoulder in there. Um we had vendors completely sell out. Wow. Of of all of their merchandise. Uh, other vendors um, managed managed to uh, have something left to put in a box to take out afterwards. <laughs> everybody, everybody uh, from a financial perspective, did well. That's great. Um, Which is great because it just encourages better, you know, sure, better shows, more people. Yeah, absolutely. So you know. It was it was really a win for everybody. If you really like Halloween and wanted to find some good deals, I still had the the like yard sale table stuff. If you were really looking for more high end stuff, um, we had we had some really great stuff. Um, we had master 
paper mache sculptor and don't don't discount paper mache uh tom dead oh, stuff was there it, yeah if tom if you haven't seen tom dead stuff's stuff yeah <laughs> it's whoa it's stunningly beautiful yeah um even at its most macabre. Right. Um, and then world-famous uh, pumpkin carver. You, you probably didn't know there was such a thing as a world-famous pumpkin carver, but there is. No. Ray Villafane was was super gracious. Uh, he showed up and he, he carved a pumpkin um, out for everybody to watch. How cool. Um, so Ray and his team have literally traveled the world carving not only pumpkins, but um, but sand and rock and ice and trees. Like, if it can be carved, he and his team have carved it. Wow. Uh, and if it's a continent with people on it, <laughs> he has been there and carved stuff. That's incredible. Um, yeah, it, it really is. So, so get, that's a, yeah, that's a... He was there... Um, just again, you know the uh, the uh, Ghostbusters were there. We had um, we had Sanctum of Horror was oh, there. Yeah. That's a haunted house in Mesa. They they set oh, up yeah. a photo op there. <laughs> Rachel um, did. Some I of did a commercial Sanctum for them. Of, yes, you did. Um, <laughs> actually, fun. Sanctum of Horror had been a sponsor on the previous one too, because one of the ways that we were able to afford to promote the thing was to get some sponsors. Um, so anyway, it was a really big event, but 6,100 people. Um, everything was great, with the sole exception of people were just packed. Right. Just packed. And while it really didn't do the vendors any harm, um, if, you, wasn't if you wanted to go in and, and like, peruse. Right. right? Enjoy like, the experience. Right. Like, truly take your time and thoroughly look at things, right, to peruse the, the, the displays. Um, you didn't have that option. Yeah. Uh, if you weren't on the outside of the aisle, you weren't going to see anything because <laughs> you were just getting pushed around. You're going to have uh, to. So you really had to, to maneuver. You go through again. Right. You had to maneuver your way over to the side. Um. To even have a chance, and we're—I mean, obviously, because I know you, and I know you—you you try to think through like as many issues as you can, try to anticipate, you sure. know, these kind of things. I mean, did you imagine it was going to be like that, where it was going to be so many people that you couldn't really maneuver? No. no, it never occurred to me that that there would be a threefold increase in attendance over the previous year. Yeah. Um, for one thing, we, we moved locations every year. Right, Which right. is supposed to be a killer, right? Um, supposed to kill events. Uh, and then for another thing, it was, you know, it was just, just Halloween, and, and uh, it's only supposed to be a, a distant number two, right? Right. Um, but we did work through a lot of, a lot of problems um, in advance. But basically, the one thing that, that we could not anticipate was the sheer size of the crowd. So this year... Um, we, I, I told everybody we'd be doing it again. I had already spoken to Metro Center Mall uh, even before the event started. Said so I don't want to. I don't want to move. Right. Um, we're gonna do it here next year. Right. Um, we didn't. We didn't have contracts drawn up uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, the mall was always seeking to rent out space. They've always been looking for uh, investors to just buy the mall and turn it into whatever it is they're going to turn it into. Right. Um, but we kept in, in touch with them. Meanwhile, we did try to get, reach out to the Sears people. Um, by the way, this is how it works in the malls. If you're in a mall, those big box stores... 
Those don't belong to the mall. Yeah. Uh, everybody thinks that they belong to the mall. They don't belong to the mall. They belong to the company that has the name the, the, on the store. Right, the anchor for the mall. Right. So the thing with Sears is they declared bankruptcy sometimes, sometime back. And that particular building, at least, is now in, in a, a hedge fund company ah. back on the East Coast. They're like a billion-dollar hedge fund company. That's exciting to um, track down. We, we did, though. We did track it down. Again, we have some incredibly dedicated and skilled volunteers. Um, and, and, and Faye was able to track down the, the company that owns the building. And they blew us off and blew us off, and then they finally talked to us to say, eh, not so much. So, <laughs> so anyway. Well, that was an anticlimactic story there. I know. <laughs> well, I bring it up for, for the simple reason that um, it would have been amazing to have the Sears building. And so many of, of the critics were like, obviously, you should have used Sears. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, it would have been great if, if we... If we could get a key. It, right. <laughs> Open the door. <laughs> Right? Hire a locksmith, open up Sears. Owner They're all so, the way on the East Coast. What are they so, gonna do? So um, we did end up working with the with the mall and had this great layout where everything was gonna be um, awesome. We were actually going to skip being inside suites altogether and the management had agreed to basically let us take over the entire common area of the mall. Oh, wow. So um, we worked it all out, and there was room for over 100 um, 10 by 10 spots and a stage, and there were um, three ground-level entrances and at least one um, upper-level entrance. So a 20-minute wait, even if, even if 10,000 people showed up, um, was not going to be a problem um, because wow. there was literally f- four different ways you could get into the mall. Yeah. Um, and and you weren't forced into any one direction. Like and you, man, the I bet the 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 owner, the, you know, the the, the uh, tenants tenants of the mall would have, would love that. Yeah, the tenants who I got to speak to last year, um, some of them told me that they had never had as good a day. As they had that day yeah. in the entire time that they had been at the mall. Forget about events. They had never had that good a day. Um, I am told, because I was too busy to eat, that the food court ran out of food at least once. Some people tell me that they ran out at least twice. <laughs> um, I know that the gelato place that we had yeah. been promoting because because they offered our, our attendees a discount, um, I know they ran out of gelato. And, and this was... And, and this was, I mean, this wasn't like an all-day event. That's the other thing. It's it, it was, was it was ten to two. Ten to two. So you're you're out of there at two o'clock. Yeah. I mean, that's that's remarkable. Was it two or was it four? I think we went later because it if it was ten to two, we would only have done like four raffles. Yeah, I think it was ten. ten I'm sorry. Four. I think it was ten to. But four. still, that you know, that's. I a, think it ended up being six hours. Yes. Uh, because we were four hours the year before because it was too hot. And right. Then four o'clock. It came started winding down it wasn't right. as busy as it was but it wasn't empty it was it was never empty uh in fact even at um the last minute when it was over i was literally physically pushing people, pushing people out, out of the door i mean not not la cop style but um <laughs> right i, I was Making definitely it clear like, that it was closing right, starting at one end and just like 
exits that way you got to go you got to go you got to go yeah. you got to go you got to go and just walking them through um, and pushing them out the door so so this so so this year you got all this set up for we being did. able to really expand we did and then um unfortunately the uh the mall because of all of the things that have been happening um they did not feel that they could move forward with an event um at all so i found that out 99 days ahead of the event scheduled date mm. and uh so i don't know i don't think it's going to happen this year i mean it might there's a couple of malls that are talking to us um well, and if anybody knows of a spot, they got a big Sears, you know, in their backyard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, man, it, it'd be a shame if you couldn't put this on because it is, it is such a fun event. Having been part of it one year. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people really enjoy it. We would need at least 30,000 square feet uh, and we really need it to be all but donated. Right? I mean, really. Yeah. Um, you know, $3,000 is is like... A lot of money for a group like ours you right. know and it's it's a pittance for commercial property um but we're not charging anybody to come in and we're not we're not going to right um if it goes forward at all it'll still be free to the public um which means that it'll still be divided between uh donations and sponsors and uh um and just the vendors themselves right and the, vendor and the little bit you get from the ben- from the vendors right we do try to keep that minimal because I have been a vendor at, at places before, and I don't think I've ever paid, with the possible exception of like the, you know uh, first Friday in Mesa or in Phoenix, I don't think I've ever paid less than two hundred and fifty bucks for a table, and that really puts you in the hole. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, some people know they're going to do thousand dollar days every day, but most people, they're just. They're just, they're just hoping, trying. They're, right. They're <laughs> just hoping to break even. And that's a horrible way to run a business. That's a horrible way to, to try to live your life. Um, you know, you dedicate yourself to your art, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, ceramics, leather, feathers, whatever. Um, and then. And that's the thing. Like, even. like, you know, these artisans, the ones I met, I mean, for the most part, they all have all got other jobs. I mean, they're, they're doing this purely out of the love. And if, and, it would it would the one thing i think they would would love be be able to do is, is sell enough of their stuff that they could do it full time and that they sure. could absolutely you know um and it's and the stuff they do is such quality it's worthy of it you know it is it is you know one of the things that artists and artisans face is not so much that people don't like their stuff it's that people are always comparing their stuff to mass produced chinese plastic right you know yeah uh, I did eight years at the Renaissance Festival as a, as an artisan. Um, paid way more than two hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> <Yeah. right. laughs> um, and uh, you know, it's a great show. It's totally worth the price to be a vendor there. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything bad about that show. That's it is amazingly well run. Right. Um, and the people who go there will look at something that an artist who's been doing his art for 30 years has made out of leather or or out of metal and he'll be like 30 bucks are you kidding me <laughs> right like i can get this at walmart for like five bucks <laughs> probably not <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh probably not uh even if you happen to buy something made by slave labor in china at walmart that looks kind of similar it's certainly not the same it's thing. not the same thing uh, and and 
same thing with our with our show at uh which we now call the uh <laughs> we now call it's not even going to happen probably it's <laughs> uh we changed it from the haunted swap meet because we had so many um top quality artisans that um um, while I'm all for self-deprecation, right? Um, um, it was a little too much. It, it, it was. It was. A, <laughs> I am. It was. It was a little too much um, to continue calling world-class artisans a swap meet. Yeah. Uh, so now it's the Arizona Halloween Marketplace. Okay. Um, so. I mean, if people are interested in helping out or just keeping in touch with you, how would they? How would they do that? Well, they could always. Um, Find AZ Haunters on Facebook, um, and there's uh, marketplace at azhaunters.com. Okay. Uh, we have the forum at azhaunters.com. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's so. That's, I'll, I'll put all that in the show notes, and you know, this is this is such a tough. I mean, concerts being canceled, the you know, sport events being canceled. This is just a horrific time in any kind of entertainment. It's. It is, yeah. It's it's been a real tough year, um, and uh, because so many of these artisans I know personally, you know, I really, I mean, it's always like, oh, it's sad, you know, you're not making, but you know, when you know these people and you know their lives and you you know how literally close to the edge so many artists live, yep, and then suddenly, uh, you know, they lose the last two weekends at the Renaissance Festival, right? I mean, there's. <coughs> Sorry, there's usually um, those are the biggest weekends, right? For right. many artisans, they don't make any profit until those last two weekends, um, and so those were just gone through no fault of the festival at all. No, um, but but then they're gone, and then all well, of the, and that's the thing. Like it doesn't matter that it's whose fault it is. It's just it is right. It's just know? gone. There's no more shows. All the art walks were gone. If you were the kind of person who did art art festivals or art walks, um, they're just gone. Um, all of those people who worked at the Renaissance Festival, who who actually you know travel around to different shows, they haven't done anything since yeah. February. See, and that and that's the thing. Like I, I've March. seen I've seen a couple a couple people you know kind of high profile. Um, musicians and stuff and you know they've had they they had concerts canceled but they would do you know online stuff you know online concerts and they they'd be able to recoup their money and and do a lot of things because they're high profile these guys are not that you know they're not that no they um you can actually find you know to kind of switch gears a little bit you can actually find renaissance festival um, performers and entertainers doing what they're calling a, a virtual renaissance festival where they're they're doing their acts online but they're not getting paid for it they're just right. doing it you know for for whoever wants to tune into it so that's going to be steven's you know unjob my unjob <laughs> <laughs> oh it's going to be performing well one day one day. One day, if I ever get a decent mic in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've got two decent mics right in front of you. <laughs> I mean, two halves make one whole, so. Ouch. <laughs> 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 Random thoughts by Stephen Levin. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> oh. You know what I think we should do sometime? I mean, not today, but sometime we should like um, do like, uh, what was the, the, the 2000s? Oh my gosh, what was it? 
these sit and make fun of bad sci-fi movies. Mystery science Yeah, mystery science. We should we should do the audio version of that. I don't oh, know what tracks. Riff tracks is, <laughs> is the tracks? audio version. Yeah. Okay. They, Most they people have, do riff they, tracks. They uh, sell it, if I understand correctly, on like a little DVD, and it has quotes from the movie. So when a person says something, you press play on the CD, and then their commentary just runs right alongside <laughs> of it. And right. every so often they'll have another quote so that you know whether or not you're still in sync with the movie. That's good. Because I've, I've seen shows with you guys, and it is quite... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the entertainment value is, is right. there, I think. Alternatively, yeah. we could make fun of anything around us. Absolutely. There is that. this kid's haircut. But, but, <laughs> you know. Some things are easier than others. Like, we could totally get Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is absolutely the best Motown kung fu movie you have ever seen. <laughs> Uh, and we could just have a hell of a night. We should do that, it with that. Um, I actually rented the worst movie ever made in the English language, um, After Earth, <laughs> by by M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. Um, I rented that movie um, specifically and solely for the purpose of ripping it apart, um, because I didn't get my money back when I saw it in the theater. <laughs> And they, well, they they wouldn't they, let you yell stupid things. <laughs> they might have. Uh, it would have been more entertaining than what I was watching. <laughs> right. Um, They'd had to pay you for it to do that. Right. And I, I could have shown up in a drunken stupor and had better dialogue. <laughs> the thing with After Earth, though, is we're gonna we can't do that with audio. We're gonna have to see the movie so that we can pause oh. it and pick apart every pixel. Right. There's right. so Hey, much what's that spaceship made out of? Is that Egyptian cotton? <laughs> <laughs> what what are those walls? When does the spaceship's wall billow? I don't what is happening in this frame? It's the sail ship. His name is what? <laughs> Cypher Ray? <laughs> What? Is this is this a gets, joke? Is this the Babylon Bee? What are we looking at? And then gets to see the wild buffalo. Hey, right. No spoilers. <laughs> what <laughs> continent is this? Right. right. It is incontinent. Right. There's king cobras and and American bison, not only on the same continent, but but within walking like distance. walking distance of one another, on oh a planet gosh. that somehow turns into a popsicle every night because that's how science works. <laughs> And then becomes a lush, a lush, uh, lush Eden every every morning, <laughs> and has evolved to kill a species that hasn't existed on the planet yeah, for so, a thousand years. Yeah, you, you're you're in trouble now, Mike. We See, can, and now, two hours of this. I now day. know what we need to do next time. Right. Wow. So, um, if you so ever much. find this as you're reviewing it to edit it, um, what I was saying is, I know a lot of these uh, artisans personally, so I really, really, really wanted to. Uh, yeah. To make sure that they had a place, at least this year, one place that they could sell. And and now I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Uh, the closest that I've come is I, I put uh, AZ Halloween Marketplace on Facebook as a Facebook group. It's a public group, so anybody can can see what's there and I asked all of the artisans to just post their stuff up there. So, you know, if people want to buy something then then at least there's some avenue that they have yeah that's, that's great it's not craigslist um i really hope it comes through um i mean there, there's hope but it's a pretty slight it's, hope it's incredibly slim i mean we are about 90 days out right now from from the anticipated date um 
the original date was was uh, at the end of September, and because of all of this COVID stuff, um, the event formerly known as Phoenix Comic Con um, moved from Memorial Day and landed right on top of, of my scheduled oh, date. Oh, man. So that threw me into chaos trying to figure out, you know, is it better to do after? Is it better to do before? What is even available? Yeah. Uh, working with them all through all of that. Um, and so we finally, like I had just announced maybe a couple of weeks prior to the vendors that we finally have everything solid. We had drafted the contracts. We had... Uh, the date nailed down. We had walked through the entire property with the mall management um, and said, you can do this and you can do this. And they were like, we can provide these things. And um, it really felt good. Yeah. Um, and it's really not going to happen. So well, I, I know. And I know it's funny. I, just the, the other day when I when I messaged you about talking about this on, on the show and you're like, you know. Well, <laughs> happy to come talk, because <laughs> you know? yeah, you just literally found out like a, a day or you yeah, know, I had just week found before. Out. I had just found out, and uh, you know that's brutal. But uh, you know, I think I don't know what I think. I think we need to buck up and go meet our neighbors and go go keep, go get well, Corona so we can get immune, and then we can all get together again. Well, there's that, right? <laughs> Um, there's that. It would be it would be great, you know, if we could find a place. Um, there's a couple of places where the management seems very positive. Yeah. One of them has actually gotten back with me, but the space is not not much bigger than what we had last year, and it's uh, um, not nearly as well configured. Right. Um, and it's also on the exact opposite side of the valley. Right. So. I mean, talk about moving. Um, whether we can actually figure out a way to make that make sense and whether the mall can actually give us a price that we can afford. Um, I mean, that all has, has yet to be seen. Um, and then there's another mall that's a little closer that uh, is, is willing to talk to us, but they were supposed to get back to me yesterday on my proposal and haven't heard anything yet. Yeah. Um, so... It's not. It's not totally impossible. It's just that there are so many pieces, and it's. You don't want to just do something to do it. You know. Right. You don't want to just because that's how you get uh, bad shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have no experience with those, do you, Jim? I mean, you know. <laughs> I may have spent two or three hundred dollars to show up at a show and thought, uh, <laughs> "Is there a is, show? Is this it?" <laughs> um, What's going on here? <laughs> Why did I pay for this? Uh, no, I don't want to do that to anybody. I don't want anybody. I, and, you know, the, the other part of that is not just finding the, the space and hoping that people are willing to go to the complete opposite side of the valley. Um, but, you know, as we record this, we're, we're less than, I think we're probably about 20 hours out from Maricopa County declaring that everybody who's, who's indoors at bars and restaurants and 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 uh and stores all need to wear a mask right um hey that works for halloween it, it could <laughs> it could so, yeah but it's like they can literally tell us to do anything that they want right right so the day before they're saying okay now 
Now we're not going to let anybody in. You all have to be twelve feet apart. Right. And you know, on September first, are they going to say, "Ah, oh, we're back to no no gatherings over 10? Right. I don't know. I don't know. And I know that that's hurting other shows that are trying to move forward. Um, and that's a big it's a big factor in my in my mind because I can't predict it. The the government is is entirely in control, uh, apparently, of what we can do and where we can gather. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought there was something about the the right to peaceably assemble, but I must have dreamt it. No, the, um, the, the right was to riotously assemble. Oh, my mistake. Sorry, yeah, my mistake. Miss, obviously the 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 meaning of words have changed in 270 years. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So. So I mean, you know, I don't want to go all all like you know political, but the fact is that they can they can shut us down without shutting us down. Mm-hmm. They can just say, well. No gatherings over ten. We've decided that it's it's wave three now. Right. Right. Um, and that and that is the thing. Like there is no and that that's a you know not to get you know darker than Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, reality all things, baby. <laughs> but it but it is a it is interesting. Like how um, we're there are so few people that. Um, are even pushing back, you know? And those who are pushing back are just getting hounded. Um, right, you could really destroy yourself. Yeah. It's um, the end of the world. As we know it. <laughs> but do you it, feel it fine, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's the so, end yeah. of the world as you're we right, know you're it. Right. I mean, the, but the bottom line is I've got this event that I want to put together. I want it to be a good event. It takes a ridiculous amount of man hours. Um, we've already invested a fair amount, uh, probably more than most people would do for no money at all, um, into making this happen. And and now we, we basically are scrambling to see if we could even find a location. And do we really want to go back outside and be in 120 degree heat and, and uh, no no electricity? Just set up a bunch of screens. Everyone do Zoom calls. Right. <laughs> right. How do with, you feel with, about with this v- vending machines? Yeah. Get robots to constantly be walking through. Uh, there was someone who did a meat vending machine. A meat? Yep, meat. Um, I forget where, but he did a meat vending machine so oh. that after hours when it was closed, he, people could come and get meat. So that those people that are working late... Was it, was if it, they're working. Was it, was it, Ra- was it Rami? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Rami, yeah. I don't know how, but he did a meat vending machine. Yeah. If it was frozen. It's probably it's frozen. frozen vending machine. There you go. Well, you know, <laughs> capitalism, baby. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Where there's a and you made win. so much <laughs> off of it. Why not? If you've got a meat popsicle vending machine. How could we use this to our advantage? <laughs> Sounds oh. good. Man, like those, something you buy those, from a gypsy place. Those, what is this? It is the meat popsicle vending machine of a tray you. <laughs> there you go. You look like an interested buyer. <laughs> oh, that's good. I can tell from your clothes that you are world travelers. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're going to, I think we've gone long enough on meat vending machines. <laughs> but I do want to thank Jim. Jimmy, Steven, Rachel, thanks for your, all your commentary. No, I really appreciate you guys being on the show. This has been a lot of fun. We need to do it again. We, we do need to do some sort of commentary 
podcast. I don't know how that's going to work. But I don't know. Good luck editing this one. It'd be, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. This can go out live and raw, baby. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway. This is one thing we love podcasts to be. <laughs> right? Everybody loves an unfiltered, unedited podcast. <laughs> Cough, sneeze, Cough. <laughs> so, uh... On that note, uncensored. Yeah, especially when I'm doing five tracks, it's gonna be fun. But hey, you know what? It's all it's to the joy. Thanks again for being on the show, and thank you guys for listening to "And If Love Remains." If you like what you hear, I don't know why you wouldn't. <laughs> but if you do, share it with your friends. Uh, you know, buy some merch. We got a, we got a merch thing. I think I've heard. So um, go check out the website www.andifloveremains.com. Um, like us on Facebook. Check out Arizona Haunters, azhaunters.com. azhaunters.com. And AZ, excuse me, AZ Halloween Marketplace on Facebook. AZ Halloween Marketplace on Facebook. And then also look at the one and only James Chan Su with 30 followers on YouTube. It's subscribers, Dad. <laughs> oh, subscribers, sorry. And uh, thanks again for being on the show. We'll catch you on the flip side. All right. Be sure to like and 